0: Hi Mel, how are you?
1: I'm good. I was like trying to gently take the water bottle lid off my water bottle.
0: We tried to do everything gently around here so we don't alarm you with sudden noises. Mm-hmm. Now we're both gulping, that's nice. I well, know, delicious. We've well, some feedback about our mouth noises and we've we noticed our own mouth noises. That's uh, all I can hear now, um, all I can hear. So we're trialing a, a lower microphone position?
1: Yeah, because I was doing this into the mic, I was being like... with my nose and I could just hear it the whole way through. And I was like, I just feel terrible for anyone that has to listen to this.
0: Yeah, same. So it's fine. We're not doing that anymore. They're they're miles away. I just hope they can actually hear us. I mean, you'd hope so. We'll
1: we'll soon find out. Um, We're also not blabbering on for... 400 minutes at the beginning of our episodes because we have decided to make extra episodes for people that actually like I our blabbering like on. The blabbering,
0: yeah, because not everyone does. There's been some feedback. We listen to the feedback. We listen to the reviews, even if they're mean and make us cry. We
1: cry and then yeah. we listen to it.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> and But even fans of the of the podcast were saying, maybe you could just like tell us when you stop Blabbering so we can get straight to the case. And then we cried. And I cried. I put a curse on that girl's name. I'm kidding. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. It's fine. Um, so we just thought we'd do a whole separate show for just chat. Yeah, Mystery which, um, Minutes. if you missed out on that, you can find it. Mm-hmm. It's up online. It is up. Yep. Um, it's called Mystery Minutes. Yep. And it's there. So that was our safe space for chat. Yep. And now we can just be case file, just oh, totally. super serious.
1: Now everything is very serious. There's going to be no laughing ever.
0: No, no jokes.
1: I'm never going to say like.
0: We're or never um, going to say like. There will we'll make no mouth noises. We just won't breathe for an yeah. hour.
1: We will hold our breath.
0: Um. So there'll be none of that. There'll be no sirens in the background. <laughs> there will be no <laughs>
1: personal stories. Not one zesty Not, aside. Single zesty aside. We're at absolutely. All. Joking, we're totally <laughs> yeah. kidding.
0: Nothing's we'll be changing. Doing really, the mystery minutes is just because we have so much more to say, and it's we love because, the sound of our own voices. Yeah,
1: we just can't fucking shut up. So mm-hmm. we will record ourselves for twenty-four hours mm-hmm. if need be. Yeah, we'll just stay if, up if the crowds demanded it. Yeah, I would
0: just never stop talking. <laughs> Remember when Katy Perry did that live stream of her life for like no, forty-eight hours or whatever it was? It was when she went a bit off the deep end, broke up with Orlando. Oh, yes. Cut all her hair off. Yes. And had that edgy new album that bombed. Yeah. And she um, did this live stream. And people came and visited her like celebrity friends and stuff. And mm. she was like in a house in LA or whatever. We could do a less fucked version of that. Yes. And just live
1: stream. It wouldn't even be an issue. Our thoughts. Um, back on the criticism. I have long been the worst person at receiving criticism. It's always my thing, like, every single time. I'm sure I've even said this in appraisals with you. (laughs) But, like, I – if someone's, like, even if they're nice about it and they're, like, so male, like, you know, you probably just need to, like, work on not procrastinating so much or something, you know, like, not even assholy way. Not even something super personal. No, just, like, (laughs) super low-key, like, trying to be nice about it. Mm. I – It gets so defensive. My first reaction is like, I don't procrastinate. I'm always working 24-7 all the time. And then I get angry and then I'm like, I'm quitting. That's it. I'm done One piece of feedback. Uh, Yeah. And then I cry and then I come to terms with it. And then I think, actually, yeah, I probably could work on my procrastination. And it takes me like that whole process goes over like a month, I reckon.
0: Yeah. Well, that's good for me to know as your boss. Great. (laughs) I'll just start. It's going to be fun. (laughs) I'll give you one piece of feedback per month. Yeah. Just give you a month to get over. And you'll each like one. come
1: in with like a bunch of roses <laughs> and like some nice chocolate, and you'll give me like a little back massage while yeah, you're while telling I'm me. giving you a slight piece of feedback. And you will like whisper it and really then you're calmly. Like, Don't touch me. Get off me. <laughs> I'm leaving.
0: But yeah, I'm the same. Do the podcast on your own, bitch. I'm I'm super fucking – I'm actually super critical of other people, but I cannot take it myself, which is great quality to have. And you remember when we first started doing this and we got like some really nice reviews. Or maybe three nice reviews, one mean one, I was like crying. (laughs) Literally like my eyes start like stinging with tears. And I was like, I can't do it. They don't get it. even now – our reviews are so many good ones. Yeah, they are. And then there's like the odd man one and it's just like I can't. I can't cope. I can't forgive it. I can't go on. I'm like we should stop doing it. We've offended this one person <laughs> out of the hundreds of thousands that have listened to it. Not to mention say like, that now. all the people
1: that don't write reviews, which yeah. P.S. if you haven't written a review, yes. review for us, this please do. This is a do roundabout
0: way of a saying, <laughs> you know, I feel like it's been a while since we've mm. had a big banger in the charts. Like – Let's all go and rate, review, like, subscribe, yeah. tell your friends, tell all your friends. Yeah. Because that's how people learn about podcasts. Exactly. I remember a day when you said, Do you know my favorite murder? I said, What the fuck's that? I know. And it changed my life. It girl. changed.
1: And here you are now with a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Madonna mic on your head. Yep.
0: Eerily similar to My Favourite Murder. But different. But so different. But different.
1: different. <laughs> um, yeah, so today I asked our deputy, Heddo, mm. who we've talked about a couple of times, mm-hmm. um, I asked him if iTunes like penalised people and actively hated certain podcasts. And he's like, why are you asking? that?" I'm like, because we haven't been in the charts we for charted. several weeks, Heddo. <laughs> several weeks we haven't been in the charts and I'm convinced it's definitely, <laughs> definitely iTunes. And he was like, that's not a thing. And I was like... Mm, it might be but anyway the point being i have decided <laughs> mm. i have a conspiracy theory right. in my own head that itunes mm. doesn't like us oh. so we need to go and make them like us yeah is the only solution mm-hmm. because what do you do when someone doesn't like you you push harder you force them <laughs> you to lean in kill them with
0: kindness <laughs> kill them with kindness
1: you just never let it go never until they've got a alone. like a What's it called? Like a distance order on you. What's that called? An AVO. An AVO. And that's (laughs) never happened to me, not at all. I have never been too friendly to the point where someone put an AVO on me, ever. Close, though. Very close. (laughs) Heno is about to put one out on you.
0: Heno might pop up in the future on the oh, podcast. Yeah. yeah, that's the only reason we really keep mentioning Yeah, them. we're just trying to like... We're easing you in. ...gently <laughs> introduce you to Hano before we just like, bam, co-host for an episode. Yes. So he is actually going to co-host yeah. for an episode he's coming up. He's got a mystery he's deeply invested in that, frankly, looks like far too much research. I can't yes. be bothered with it. agree. Which means you definitely can't be bothered with it. So. Absolutely. So we'll just make him do all the work and sit here commenting. It's our new solution yeah. when something is just too big, too hard.
1: We will just outsource it, <laughs> but like every now and then, so that people don't start hating us.
0: Yeah, it'll just be the odd episode where yeah. we're like, "Yes, you do this." Um, speaking of research, mm. today I decided to just focus on. It's a mystery that's just one crime, one victim great it's very simple i guess simple straightforward it's not a series of attacks such as mr cruel that mm-hmm. took me forever it's not delving into aerospace engineering research mm. like with the cessna it's just very straightforward and i was able to get it done in work hours which was nice I'm so proud of you It was nice to have my life back um and i just decided to really lean into like classic josie with an aquatic mystery oh amazing That takes place in my favourite place, Tasmania. Oh,
1: what? I mean, if it was – the only way it could be more you (laughs) is if it was in Newcastle.
0: Yes, and the Golden Girls were somehow involved. Yeah, somehow. Um, But, yes, I decided to do this one. A few people in the group had suggested it and brought it up, um, some Tassie locals, because it's one of those cases that I'd never heard of, but I think it's super famous there as being just unsolved still for over 20 years. And just something they all know about that kind of rocked the community.
1: Because Tassie's not that big.
0: It's not. And where it happened is even tinier. And it's also that thing where it's like because you're an island
1: state. Yes. There's that extra element of like creepiness of like someone. I mean, the reality is you can get out of there pretty easily. You can can fly or boat out easily. (laughs) But like it seems creepier.
0: Yeah. You just feel a bit, it's quite isolated and remote seeming. Like when you're not in Tasmania and then you go there and you're like, oh, this is just like a normal place. And it's not even that far away. And it's not far away. I love it. You know, I go there all the time. And I've actually been to the place where this happened several times, but I had nothing to do with it, okay? I'm not a suspect. I was too young. I was only 10 when this happened. So it is the murder of Victoria Carfaso. Um, So I've used... Here are my credits. Crediting my credits, due. I've used the findings of coroner Donald Jones from the March two thousand and three coronial inquest, the examiner's coverage of that inquest. So, in a two thousand and three article by Rowan Wade, an SMH article by Leslie Holden in two thousand and fifteen. And a new idea article by Jackie Lang, new idea, published in two thousand and eighteen. Yeah, sometimes they lean into a bit of true crime, and it's actually a great yeah. article that she's done. I used quite a oh, lot of her quotes. So
1: into that vibe, like them, yeah. And who, and, yeah, you know. I used to work at Take Five, guys. So I oh, that's very full much full
0: of zesty content. Oh, uh, the zesty, the crazy, content real we life got at Take
1: 5. My favorite ever cover. And I'm not going to go on about this. I'm just going to give you the cover title. Yeah, and then we just move straight along. <laughs> was um, a magpie cursed my family. <laughs> <laughs> and the magpie on the front cover, they had like digitally altered its eyes so they were red. It was Oh, beautiful. my God.
0: I was going to ask if it had Photoshop oh, yeah. demon eyes. Oh, and the Photoshop
1: team at Take Five were just like on <laughs> oh it. Oh, my God. Know. I love it.
0: That actually reminds me of my best friend, Al, who got attacked by a magpie on her birthday. Oh, my God. It cut her eye with its <gasps> you claw. You told me this story. It's fucked. And then she was very sure that they were kind of following her. Like she was kind of seeing they were. magpies. And then, then the eye doctor said it might be a crow because of the, it was a big wound, like Ooh. bigger than a magpie claw. And then she was convinced like crows were following her. Mm. So maybe a crow put a curse on my best friend.
1: Yeah. And I mean, all of this can be summarized by birds are fucked, as we've said before.
0: Yeah, look, you've said it. And now Al hates birds because of what happened to her mm. and the curse. Um, I'm fine with birds. You just hate I whales? I hate whales. <laughs> Um,
1: <laughs> just drop that in and then continue with your story
0: <laughs> I'll just continue on with my story so you know how we say you've been everywhere man yes I haven't but okay. I know Tassie really well yes I've been a few times and done road trips in different directions mm-hmm. and I always say I've seen way more of Tassie than I have of New South Wales yep. which actually is bad and I want to change that yes there's a lot of places here I haven't seen but um, I've actually been to this place twice once with my mum we went to on a road trip for my 30th and mm-hmm. then I went again with Julian last year. Mm-hmm. So I've been here. It's very tiny. It's on the East coast. It's called, um, Beau Morris. Okay. Um, but enough about Beau Morris <laughs> because we'll talk about Victoria. But <laughs> nothing to first. do with Beau Morris. <laughs> We're going to Surrey, England, June oh. 8, 1975. So that's where Victoria Kafaso was born. Okay. She held jewel. English-Italian citizenship, and she had a British passport. She spent most of her life in Italy, though. She grew up in the small town of Osped... No, I'm never going to be able to say this. Ospedaletti. Wow, that is difficult. Osped- it sounded good. Ospedaletti on the Italian Riviera. So geographical Josie time. Mm-hmm. If you're looking at the boot of Italy, yeah. it's like right up the top left of the boot. Okay. Right near France. Like that near was nice. way, You did that way too easily. <laughs> Well, maybe it was just, it's an easy location. <laughs> no, it's just that I don't, I actually just never know where I am. That's what it is. feel <laughs> like the fat bit. So it's kind of like near that border of yeah, France. Yeah, I know exactly where we are. Um, she had a younger sister named Alexandra and her parents were quite well off. Her mum owned a travel agency, which was definitely a thing in the 90s. Mm. is isn't so much now. And her dad was a criminal oh lawyer. So she spent a lot of time in England. Her grandparents lived there. Um, And in July 1995, she actually headed over there for a visit because she was at a bit of a crossroads. She was studying law, but she wasn't sure what she wanted to do with her life. So she was 20 years old at this point. She decided to defer her studies, which her dad, Giuseppe, who was a lawyer, (laughs) wasn't super happy about. According to the SMH article, he was like, don't do it. But she did it because she was feisty. So she went to England, she enrolled in a language course at Portsmouth University, which was due to begin in August 96, the following year. So she had like all this time. In the interim, she decided to go on an adventure and visit her cousin, Simon DeSalis, who lived in Tasmania. So she was well-travelled around Europe. She'd gone around with her sister, her mum, but this was her first solo trip and obviously a bloody long one. So to get to Launceston from London... It was via Hong Kong and then Melbourne, mm. and then flying into London. Yeah, so it annoying. It's sort of taken so fucking long. I mean, it's long enough to get from Sydney to London. Oh yeah, that totally. Trip, and then you're adding on stops in, changing planes, and the worst trip I ever did was when I went to Rwanda. What? R- Rwanda.
1: Yeah, I went to Rwanda <laughs> when I was at Girlfriend Magazine oh with God. World Mission, which was amazing. It's wild. It was like the greatest trip ever. But the flight to get there is fucked because you have to go from Sydney mm. to like Hong Kong or Singapore yeah. to, um, no, no, sorry, Sydney to Qatar mm. to Uganda. Mm-hmm. Then the plane sat on the tarmac for like two hours while oh people God. got off and got on. Oh and then God. it flew again right. to Rwanda and it was just like insane. And then on the way back, you had to go via Melbourne. Oh, to Sydney, So it was like four different a, changeovers. Yeah. It was absolutely batshit. Yeah, I guess with those... It's just crazy. Like, yeah. And they still, like, I feel like even when you just told me that, mm. like the London to Tassie, it's still like that. Yeah. Like, it's like, how has this not changed no yet?
0: More jo- you might be able to do London to Melbourne to Tassie now. Yes. But, um, like, without the Hong Kong. Yes. But I don't know. It's still hectic. I'm not actually sure about that. Um, And on top of that, like... Epic adventure. She'd actually only met Simon twice before. Mm. You know, like big That's Italian crazy. family. Yeah, he lived yeah. in Tassie. Um, he was quite, you know, her exotic cousin who lived in Tasmania. So Simon was a writer and he lived in this tinal Tinal? Tinal. Tinal's not a word. Tiny <laughs> coastal town of Morris, northeast coast of Tassie. It's just south of have you heard of Binelong Bay? No. Nah. Have you ever seen those photos of the Beach with the those wine glass ones, no, no, with those rocks that are like they have that orange stuff growing no. on them. Right, well, it's <laughs> called the Bay of Fires, and it's
1: amazing. Some of us aren't as excited <laughs> about Tassie as you.
0: Oh my god, I it's do know what the Bay most... of Fires is. Yeah, I know the name of it. Okay, well, I don't, it's don't know just anything about of it. that. And it's okay. between two bigger towns, St. Helens and Scamander. St. Helens, they did the one night stand there, at Triple J. Oh, yeah. Um, where Vance Joy played. That was exciting for them. I don't think and and much... you knew
1: about it because you have like yeah, a Google like, alert I've for Tassie. Yeah, I've
0: been to um, <laughs> St. Helens. Really nice. So the reason I'm kind of travelled around these obscure parts is because my mum really wants to move there. Okay. And so when we went, we're actually like let's go to these towns and see if they're dodgy or not. So we are driving through little towns and Morris itself is teeny tiny. I remember going through it with mum. I'm like, you can't live here. There's nothing here. Like there's no shop. There's no doctor. Like you need to near some kind of infrastructure. And she was like, fine. (laughs) Um, So in the 2015 SMH article, it said that it was home to about 350 residents. So I'm not sure if they meant at the time of... This incident or in 2015. Yeah. But it's just this super tiny little village. That's still small, yeah. Yeah, between the two bigger towns. There's nothing there. It's like holiday homes, for retirees. There's mm. one hotel there. So Simon lived in a small cottage there called Larby Cottage that he rented from a local family called the Larbies, funnily enough. <laughs> so Victoria flew into Launceston on Friday, the 6th of October 1995. And Simon and his friend named Peter Holder picked her up from the airport about two hours west of Morris. On the way home, Simon and his mate decided they wanted to go surfing at Shelley's Point, so that's at the south end of Beaumaris Beach. So she went with him. I'm like, wasn't she fucking tired? I like, know. The last thing I want to do is I go like prancing around. Don't be She's a- been on a flight for probably 60 hours. Simon's being a dick already. I already hate him. <laughs> so Victoria went with him. And she met a couple of locals there, including a girl named Hilda Jackson and two blokes named Mark Jackson and Mario Ag- Aguas? Aguis. A guise. A A I don't know. We don't hear from Mario again, so it doesn't matter. So it doesn't matter. matter. Um, so in the next few days when she was there, she hung out mainly with Simon. She didn't meet that many more locals. On Monday the 9th of October, the owner of Larby Cottage, Mandy Lou Larby, had a birthday party, so she went to that. It was very small. She went on a couple of short beach walks on the 9th and 10th of October. And on the nights she also hung out with Hilda, who was that local girl that she'd met, Mm -hmm. at her place for about half an hour. But aside from that, she didn't go out and about too much because there wasn't a lot to do. No offence to the people of Morris, There's not a lot happening there. (laughs) It's not like you just said, you can't live here. (laughs) (laughs) Can't live here, Mum. I just worry about Mum on her own. Um, So on Wednesday, October 11, Victoria told Simon that she was going for a stroll to the beach and asked if she could borrow a tote bag. The pair had breakfast together on his veranda and at about 9am she left to make that very short walk so literally across the road. So there's like this Tasman Highway mm-hmm. and the beach is on runs along yep. that but there's trees in between. Uh, oh, so yeah, I, I think I've Mom, driven we're the highway. Like, we are like, where's the beach? <laughs> then we stopped we're like sniffing. <laughs> oh, it must be over these trees. <laughs> so you can't actually see the sand or the water right. from most parts of the road but there's tracks that you can walk across to get there. So she didn't tell Simon when she'd be back. She just left. So a local couple saw her walking down to the beach. The husband later said he thought it was actually Hilda Jackson as the girls were similar looking. Mm -hmm. But his wife insisted it wasn't Hilda but it was Victoria. Another local woman named Iris Smith was down at the beach. She also on first glance thought Victoria was Hilda when she first saw her and then she realised it was the new Italian girl in town. The girls were similar height, but apparently Victoria was a bit more solidly built. So Iris Smith saw Victoria walking back from her dip, um, back to the sand at about 9.55am, and then she looked over and saw her son baking at about 10 past 10. So then at 1.30pm, a local woman named Margaret McIntyre was walking her dog down at the beach. So she neared the northern part of the beach and there's a creek called Freshwater Creek that kind of joins from across the road oh, yeah. onto the oh, beach. Oh, that's crazy. And there's some rocky outcrop kind of areas there. So as she was approaching that area, because it's kind of hidden from the main drag of the beach, so okay. the beach itself runs for like four kilometres. Yeah. But then there's kind of outcrops where you could be hiding behind or it's not, okay. it's not like a straight stretch of sand that's just sand. Like there's yeah, there's like that rocks and out. stuff. Yeah. Um, so she was approaching one of those areas and she saw the body of Victoria Cofaso on the water's edge with water lapping over her. So Margaret immediately ran to get help from a nearby house and alerted a fellow resident, Jeff Adams and Russell Harwood, who was a local tradee and he was at Jeff's house fixing the chimney. So Jeff's wife, Norma, told New Idea about that day quote, Margaret seemed to be in shock. She said, I've just been down to the beach. There's something down there that looks like a body, but I'm not sure. Perhaps it's a mannequin and someone is playing a pa- practical joke. Oh. People always think it's a mannequin. I know, and I think I would think it's a mannequin too, because <laughs> you don't want
1: to admit that it might be a body. Yeah,
0: I mean, I would always probably think it was a body, just because i Read too many crime books And yeah. listen too many
1: Crime podcasts <laughs> You're like, Everything's like, a body you probably like Run screaming about a mannequin Yeah Exactly <laughs> And everyone would be like Nothing about this Looks They'd like a body They'd be like
0: Josie that's the mannequin dump That's yeah. where all the mannequins are Don't
1: go walking through The Don't mannequin dump Don't walk
0: through The local mannequin dump Everyone knows That's a mannequin dump P.S. That would be the best place To hide a body <laughs> exactly. In the mannequin dump <laughs> There we go We've solved it We solved it <laughs> The
1: perfect crime The perfect crime And we just told All of our listeners <laughs>
0: Damn it if we ever kill anyone,
1: we, Don't look at the mannequin we dump. cannot
0: hide it at the mannequin dump now. No. We have to think of something else. We'll no talk one about that off at, air, okay? Yeah,
1: no one look at the mannequin dump. <laughs> if, <laughs> it's not going to be there. <laughs> if anyone says anything to you. <laughs> my God, I can't believe we're joking and laughing because I'm about to get I'm really and laughing. I'm joking and laughing about the mannequin. I girl. know, but I, this is I actually to really really feel hectic. for her. I feel like I would be similar. I would freak out and
0: just almost mentally decide that it was a mannequin just because yes, I would. Yes, that's you know. so much better. Um, yeah. So Jeff and Russell went with Margaret back down to the beach and confirmed it was indeed a body, not a mannequin. Victoria was naked except for her bikini top, which had been kind of pulled up and was mm. hanging from her shoulder. She'd been stabbed repeatedly, she had head injuries and as Jeff told New Idea, she had marks on her arm where it looked like she'd put up a fight. Victoria had been in Tasmania for just five days. So Russell and Margaret ran back to the house to call the police and Jeff stayed guarding Victoria's body. So he reckons he was there for about 20 minutes before three officers arrived and this is where it all gets a bit murky and Mm -hmm. just... So firstly, the police failed to cordon off the scene. So when a body's found on a beach, basically the whole beach is then the crime scene. You don't know where people have been, what's been happening. The beach was not secured by officers. And Jeff said that he observed two barefoot footprints in the sand about six or seven metres from where her body was found. Um, He pointed them out, but police didn't take photos or casts of these footprints. And they also maintained they never saw them. And he thinks they were male footprints. They were quite big and deep in the sand because it was that kind of wet Wet but dry sand yeah. where it kind of holds. Yeah, the and they footprint. could have taken a cast or something with yeah, them. Yeah, they didn't. They great. also had no video camera to film the scene, and both Jeff Adams and Russell Harwood insist the police actually moved the body out of the water to take some of the photos of the cast. Why would you do that? So, Jeff was asked to find a tarpaulin to shield the body. Like they were going to just chuck a dirty tarp on top of a dead what? body. Great, great for the forensic evidence there. So when he came back with the tarp, he says the body had clearly been moved. And no state forensic pathologist was called at the time either. I mean, at this point, it feels like Jeff would do a better job. I know. Jeff and Russell seemed they to have, have a better done idea. They could have done this shit better. Um, these police just, yeah, there were too many errors like early on. So upon searching the area, at least they actually searched the area, the police found the actual crime scene was about 55 metres away. It was an area of disturbed sand which witnesses said showed signs of a violent struggle and some of Victoria's belongings were there. The items were described as a bangle, sunglasses, a multicoloured shoulder bag, sand shoes, a ring and a watch. The bangle had signs of damage and the watch's band had been snapped. So it's believed that Victoria was attacked where she was sunbaking and that her body was then put in the water. Um, There's theories that maybe the perpetrator wanted her to be carried out by the tide. Mm. Um, which it wasn't, but it did wash her body clean of any kind of Mm. forensic evidence. So a retired detective named Graham Hickey, he ended up leading the investigation a few days after the murder occurred. So he spoke to New Idea for that 2018 article, which I loved, Um, and he gave some details about the actual murder, and these are a bit full on, just warning you. The killer approached her as she was lying on her stomach reading a book. He belted her on the backside with a hard object, we think she then turned over and fought him off. He then whacked her in the face with such force that he knocked out three of her teeth. Fuck. He then began slashing her with a knife. Victoria was a strong, athletic young woman but eventually stabbed her in the heart, fatally wounding her. So that's the end of his quote. So while Victoria was naked, there was actually no evidence that she was sexually assaulted right. at all. Um, and no murder weapons were ever located. But the coroner, upon... In, in wow the coroner upon inspecting the body believes that a knife and a large straight edge object were used in the in the kind of beating of her yeah and the coroner found that the cause of death was exsanguination from the heart wound meaning she just bled to death on yeah. that beach which is just so sad um it seems so random yeah, too um and it was kind of like people had been on the beach but it's kind of like a remote area of the beach where you couldn't really yeah, see police think there beaches. might have been about 50 people on the beach that mm. day um there were a couple of people walking swimming but no one heard anything and so she just kind of bled there with no one knowing which is just a sad image it's a yeah. lonely sad and a scary one because
1: i think when it's murders like these that you know, she's just doing something that anyone would be doing, yeah. like you go sunbake on a beach, mm-hmm. even if you're out of view of people. If it's quite a busy beach, like 50 people on the beach, yeah, is not in a, the morning, not yeah. that many. I mean, it's not not that many. Yeah, you know, like yeah. I've done that. Yeah. we've all done that. Yeah, we all have. It's not like a. It's not like it, it's not so much about like, or have we done it or not? It's about times when you are really alert like you know walking down an alleyway i'm really alert the dark versus the times where you just feel like naturally
0: safe yeah and there's people around yes broad daylight yeah like it's pretty bold to kill someone in broad daylight yes um and no one heard anything the coroner report thinks the blow that knocked out her teeth might have rendered her unconscious Mm. so that's why she didn't actually scream so no screams to be heard yeah um the coroner Estimated her time of death was between eleven thirty and twelve forty. But it was hard to narrow down because she'd been put in the water by the perpetrator and it was windy, meaning her body temperature was like lower than it would have been yeah. anyway, so it was really hard to gauge how long she'd been dead. So her cousin Simon gave evidence at the two thousand and three inquest and he said he wasn't aware anything was going on. He wasn't worried she hadn't come home. Um he even like he did kind of think, Oh, I wonder where she is, but he thought maybe Victoria to run into Hilda on the beach and Mm. they'd met already. Hilda went for beach runs all the time. She was friendly. She might've invited Victoria back to her house. So he wasn't really worried. He went out at three o'clock that afternoon on his bike to the post office. Um, And when he was riding up the road, he saw the police cars near the beach. And he said like, there were never police cars anywhere. It's this Mm. tiny little speck on the map. Like nothing ever happens. A police officer told him he couldn't go near the beach because there was a dead woman there. And so he immediately was like, was it a young or an old woman? And he was told it was a young woman. So this is a quote from the 2003 Examiner article about the inquest from Simon. At that stage, I feared the worst, not just for my cousin, but for Hilda as well because I knew she ran on the beach. Simon said at the inquest that when he found out it was his cousin, his legs turned to jelly. Mm. It's so I mean, you just can't imagine what that moment.
1: No, and it's, again, like. like
0: that's a small town. Yeah.
1: Like, nothing's really happened there before. Mm. There's no... Um Like, you just would not be prepared for it at all. Yeah,
0: she'd been there for, like, five seconds. Yeah. And she just went to the beach. Like, she wasn't doing anything that was kind of that risk-taking behaviour. Yeah. She was just doing a very normal thing. And he said about the town, "'I'd lived there for a long time. "'It seemed like a place where nothing bad could happen. "'In hindsight, the single biggest regret of my life "'is that I didn't have those concerns.'" It's not Aww. his fault. I
1: know. And it's like, you wouldn't. Why? I mean, the thing is, is like, like, you can't live your life in fear and no one, yeah. you know, in reasonable circumstances does. Mm. And it's just that awful thing that he would have felt, you know, responsible for her in a way as well. She's come all the way across the country, yeah. across the world, you know, to stay with him and...
0: Mm. you know,
1: all of these things and it's just like none of it is his fault but he would feel all this responsibility. Yeah,
0: And like he didn't need anyone to escort her down to the beach. Like it's a very safe kind of activity. It should be anyway. So Victoria's parents, her dad Giuseppe and her mother Xenia? Xenia? Xenia. 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 I think it's Xenia. They came to Tasmania in the days after the murder with her grandmother Juliet Angelestri. They visited the site of the murder and there's this photo of them on the beach, like the dad's down on his knees weeping. Apparently, Zenia scooped up some sand to take home with her and Giuseppe said a prayer. According to the SMH article, when they got home, there was a letter from Victoria waiting for them that she posted two days before she was murdered. Oh, God. That's so horrible. The letter said she was having a great time. Zenia apparently said at the time it's like she was speaking from heaven. And it gets even sadder. It's on November 25th, the day after a memorial service near Victoria's grandparents' place in Britain, Giuseppe, her dad, had a heart attack and died. Oh, no, don't. His daughter had been murdered just six weeks beforehand. He's buried next to Victoria in their hometown of hospitality. That had to be, like, a stress-related. Oh, the poor thing. That's so sad. Her poor mum. I know. Mum and sister lost their two family members, half their family. In the matter of two months. Yeah. It's so, so sad. Um, Anyway, back to the crime scenes on an even less brighter note. One of the police officers, Constable Ferguson, had walked up the beach and observed some footprints. So I'm quoting the coronial inquest here because it's just this weird turn of events. So evidence, this is quoting the inquest, evidence was given by Constable Ferguson that he had walked in a northerly direction along the beach and in doing so came across the first set of footprints, which he described as being parallel ones and angling in towards the crime scene. He described one of these impressions as being made by a person wearing sand shoes or similar, and the others being female footprints. He has then travelled in a gen- general westerly direction and walked along an overhanging sandbank where he observed a number of footprints. He followed them to a location which was immediately to the west of the crime scene where he noted it appeared a person had moved from the overhang and moved towards the location where it was presumed the person was attacked. Yeah. So someone was kind of hanging around Waiting, up there kind of. and then Ooh, moved down that's to so where creepy. she was um, sunbaking. baking. Back to the inquest, quote, Constable Ferguson had previously been employed as a shoe salesman and the pattern from the footprint was of such clarity he was able to give a clear description of the ripple sole of that shoe, which was different to the sand shoe impression he'd seen earlier. Constable Ferguson stated that no casts were made of this footprint and the inquest, at the inquest accepted full responsibility for this oversight, indicating what? in hindsight he should have preserved it by covering it with his jacket. So yeah, was, and also you were an ex-shoe salesman. there were no photos taken and no cast made of a footprint right near where she was killed. Do you think
1: it's just because they were like small town police and they're sort of never used to this? Yeah, But
0: it's kind of like, I mean, I wasn't there. I can't know. I'm not a policeman, but there's, you know, there's things you go, even I know from watching crime shows. Yeah. As soon as there's a crime scene, you secure that crime scene. Like I've seen young police officers getting yelled at by grizzled old detectives on crime shows that are like why are there people here like go and put the tape up like cordon off this crime scene like we need this to be secured like they didn't it's just there should be a basic checklist of when someone is found dead you run through all these things like he's just wandering around there with his own footprints like yeah didn't didn't cover it, didn't make a note yeah, of it. And like even they if you're didn't not make a note of the one that Graham had seen, Jeff, yep. sorry, had yep. seen, they didn't do those things. And
1: even if you're not experienced in like crime scenes and murder mm. and you haven't watched crime shows, like no. even if you have no fucking idea, yeah. right? Like you would still think even if you're in shock, everything, yes. all of these things, you would still think that you as a cop mm. who, you know, is at least trained in some levels of yes. this kind of like protect things and yeah. evidence and like yeah. do things carefully, that you would go, hmm, footprints, this seems like something that we need to yeah. like at least take photos yeah. of. At I will least. stand here and guard it. Yeah, like, like do something to protect the... Especially
0: with sand. Like obviously things are moving, it's windy, there's water. Like uh, I just think there's a level of common sense that wasn't really used there. Yeah. And, and even if you weren't experienced like... You'd wait for, like, a senior person and be like, what can I do? You know, what do I need to do? what do I do here? Um, I've written, I mean, the uselessness is remarkable here. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So in the 2003 inquest report by the coroner, he said it was like a herd of elephants had been at the crime scene that day. Um, And he flagged the following issues with the investigation. And these are like dot points. The non-attendance at the scene by the state forensic pathologist. Delay in attendance of all specialist crime scene examiners from Tasmania Police and Forensic Science Service Tasmania. Establishment of inadequate cordons of the crime scene, that is, non-closure of the entire beach. So the beach was just open. Yeah. People were there. Contamination of the scene by the introduction of foreign objects, the tarpaulin. Yeah. The scene not being recorded on video. Oversight of all potential sources of evidence slash exclusion of suspects, the foot impressions. Only casting one footprint at the scene. Wow. Lack of communication between local police and CIB officers. Um, I think that is the crime scene. Um, for example, moving the body and the, and the photographs. Um, they didn't cast the foot of Victoria, so they couldn't tell which footprints were hers oh, and God. which weren't because they didn't even make a cast of hers. And the co- coordination of the crime scene examination to ensure that a thorough examination occurred having regard to the impending loss of the scene through natural forces. So they didn't make any efforts to like stop you know the tide and the wind and everything. Yeah. They didn't take that into account. So a lot of it started to become destroyed. Yeah. Detective Graham Hickey admitted in the New Idea article that the investigation had been blundered at the start, adding that, Quote, certain things were overlooked and in that short window of opportunity before the tide comes in, we lost vital clues. We have no idea how the killer even left the beach. God, so many things. Mm. It just sucks because it's like you failed her.
1: Yeah, because like it's it's not even like without someone just coming forward and being like, I did it. Yes. There's, like there even stuff that yeah. we could go back to now.
0: Yeah, all they had to go on was the stuff that was there and the beach was left open It's just drives me insane. So in the days after the murder, Graham Hickey gathered the townspeople and told them they were all suspects. But despite extensive questioning and investigation, they had no evidence tying anyone to the murder. Graham told New Idea that he believes it was a local person and that they could even still be living in the area. So he said that last year. And our own colleague, Cam, who is from Launceston, I told him I was doing this case for the podcast and he's obviously heard of it because it's super famous down in Tassie. And he told me, quote, there's people in that town who 10,000% know who did it, but it'll go to the grave with all of them. Whoa. I was like, can I quote you? He's like, hell yeah. <laughs> so there's currently a $100,000 reward for anyone with information wow. that can lead to her killer, but it's unsolved and that's from 1995. So there are some suspects and some theories. Yeah. But it is a bit of a tough one because, like you said before, there's no – it seems random. There's no real motive. Yeah, like, yeah. she wasn't raped. Yeah. So that kind of takes out that sexual element. Yeah. Um, and it was quite a frenzied attack. Like, there's yeah. a lot of – it was brutal. Yeah. Um, almost like an angry attack. But yeah. then she'd been there for five days and had really limited contact with people in the town. Like, yeah. she had no fight with anyone or – yeah. There was no beef anywhere. Yeah. So why would someone have any kind of motive to like, really brutally kill this girl? And it's not like, you know, someone that just gets off on killing because it was just like a one-off. Yeah, it's not like that town's been riddled with murders. It's yes, like yeah. a serial killer who can't stop, you know. Mm. Like, stop me. I can't stop myself. Yeah. it was a one-off person. So there's a couple, of, a couple of wild theories. The first one's a bit wild. So this is from the SMH article. In the early days after the murder, there was talk that the Cafasso family were under police protection. Ah. Australian police asked Interpol to look into whether Victoria's murder could be linked to her late grandfather, Aldo Cafasso, who was the chief of police in Rome in the 70s. Ah. So they were thinking maybe there was a mafia connection. Shut up. Yeah. Amazing. Mark, I mean, the mafia theme runs amazing, but from like Jesus. Last, uh, last week's episode. But the Interpol investigator couldn't find any links mm. there to an organised crime threat.
1: That is a weird coincidence, though, that her mm. grandfather was the chief police in Rome, Rome in the seventies, which 70s. we know was mafia, yeah, like just was mafia fucking central, doing some shit around there.
0: Um, yeah, and it would kind of explain the randomness of it. This girl in Tassie. Yeah. If the connection wasn't in Tassie, it was somewhere else. Yes. But yes. they couldn't find any kind of. Threat or anything against him or his family. So they ruled that out. And then there's another theory that it's connected to another case. So just two years before Victoria's murder, a German tourist named Nancy Grunwald disappeared. Mm -hmm. So she was 26 and she was cycling, I can't remember where she was starting. She was cycling to Hobart from somewhere in that northeast region. She had last been cycling along the Tasman Highway near. You guessed it, Bo Morris. Oh my God! This tiny, tiny little town, and people were like that's hardly a coincidence. Yeah, you know it's tiny. What are the chances of the last time any witness saw her at all was right near that town? So her bike and her body have never been located. So that Whoa. was in. If that if Victoria was ninety five, then that means, pardon me, it was ninety three. So that's, that's she still hasn't been found. Perfectly
1: logical for that to be connected.
0: Um, some locals. I firmly believe the two incidents are linked and there were fears that maybe there was a serial killer in the midst. Mm. Um, but Graham Hickey told New Idea that after a few anonymous tip-offs, he believes Nancy was hit by a car and that the driver freaked out Right. and right, hid, right, right. hid the body. Um, Whoa, yeah. that's also wild though. Well, that's a whole other case. Yeah, it's another that's like a whole really other famous thing. case in Tasmania. Yeah. Um, but just people were like, what are the chances of it being? This is tiny same. 350 people mm-hmm. town, both um, tourists. It's just weird. It's a really strange coincidence. But apparently there were some anonymous calls that pointed to it being like a hit and run situation. So what, one of the prime suspects at one time was a doctor named Roman Hasil. So I read this article in the Northern Star, which I think is from, it's a New South Wales publication. It's a 2008 article by Mel McMillan. So she spoke to Detective Inspector Michael Otley, of Launceston Police, and he confirmed that Hasil had been a person of interest for some time. So the reason she was interested in it was in 2008 he was an obstetrician based in Lismore and he was being investigated there for complaints by various women of misconduct. Oh, my God. So there were no details about this misconduct, but yeah. I'm putting two two and two together. Women, you're an obstetrician.
1: Um, yeah, you still haven't like, seen The Hand That Rocks The Cradle offensive, but that comes into play really? in The Hand That Rocks The Cradle. Yeah, and it's <sighs> fucked. It makes me – it fucks me up so much because I feel like that would be such a vulnerable time I for know. women.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Anyway, that's like a whole other conversation. Yeah, that is.
0: Maybe we should say that for a mystery minutes. Yeah. I'll watch it and share my thoughts. Yeah, please do. I'm going to rewatch watch it. Oh, fuck, I love that movie. Anyway, yes. Um, so the Northern Star article said that when Victoria was murdered, he was living in St Helens, just six kilometres away from the crime scene. So she must. this writer must have got wind of, you know, when, that, when she was writing the story about the misconduct, that he was linked to this murder in Tasmania. Yeah. Um, and the article says locals reported him behaving suspiciously in the village of Morris. with Detective Inspector Osley saying he was sneaking around the village and he had also hired a car on the day she was murdered. Yeah. Which the, this article's like two centimetres long. Like there was <laughs> nothing to it. But it also added that the doctor's former wife, Sally Hassil told police he had been behaving bizarrely at the time of oh. Victoria's murder but he was unable to be tied to the murder by any strong evidence. So he was like, there was no fucking there evidence because no the police, and I'm sorry if there's any police listening, there is keep. someone in the group. I think it's a police woman in the group. And
1: um, she was like, oh, we're not all bad. And I was like thinking, no, like we don't think you're all bad. No. Like I feel really bad when like, it seems like we're like, all police are shit, but yes. it's more just like, it is incredibly frustrating when they are shit because yeah. they have such an important job.
0: Exactly. And you know, We've talked about the Daniel Morcombe sting and how amazing they were then. So it's like just sometimes they frustrate us. Yes. Um, So there were some locals that were investigated as well. So in the SMH article, it's reported a local man named Gary Stretch Holmes. Oh, my God, amazing. Gave police conflicting statements about his movements that day. So Stretch had a history of violence. I just wanted to call him Stretch. Mm -hmm. I couldn't help myself. He did. Stretch had a history of violence and anger issues. he recently smashed a plywood door and it said in the article, to her house at St Mary's, but I couldn't tell who her was. Oh, a typo. Yeah, um, they just missed an important bit of information there. A woman's house, yep. he'd smashed the door at St Mary's, which is like a nearby area. Holmes told a mate that he fitted the police profile of the killer and he was known to talk about that quite often. Kind or of what, say, that he fit it? Yeah. Mm. Like, oh, that sounds like they're looking for me kind of thing. Interesting. Um, so Hilda Jackson, who was that girl that looked a bit like Victoria, that she'd met a couple of times, she was interviewed during the inquest. And I actually wondered while I was researching this if maybe it was a case of mistaken identity, uh. if they did look quite similar and Victoria was lying on her stomach when the first, when the attack kind of started. Yeah. Um, maybe. Whoever it was might oh, have. I didn't even think This is that. just a wild theory. I've known. No, I like that theory. Just um, could be completely wrong. Mm-hmm. But they look quite similar. They were blonde. They were only two centimetres difference in height. Yeah. So very, very similar. And Hilda ran every day. Like she had this routine of running on the beach every day. And so anyone watching her would know that. Yeah. Um, so I just thought, yeah, I wonder if, you know, just because it doesn't really seem to be a motive for killing Victoria. Yeah. Because she'd been there for two seconds and didn't have any kind of problems with anyone yeah um i just wondered if maybe it wasn't even supposed to be her but anyway hilda said during the inquest that two weeks before the murder she'd been approached by a man who asked her where the nearest pathway from the beach was she said that the guy appeared out of place and gave her a quote unquote uneasy feeling Mm. um so hilda said she went for a swim after she talked to him but the man kept watching her Ooh, (sighs) god i hate it i hate it like it's happened you've Mm. met creepy guys and totally. stare at you and it's just, just stop. Like, I just feel like some people need to take a hint, you know? Read the room. Read the room. If I'm just like, yep, the pathway's there, bye, and I'm not interested in talking to you anymore. Like, stop looking at me, stop hanging around. Yeah. Um, and then he was hanging around, he was looking at Hilda, and when she returned home, she couldn't find the underwear she'd left out no. prior to leaving for the beach. What? And she'd left a side door to a house unlocked.
1: Oh, God, I hate all of that. Yes. That's terrifying.
0: So, And just because I just fucking finished yeah. today, the Golden State Killer, yeah, five-part case file, just this whole thing of him going, like he would go for like kind of in the weeks leading up to his mm, home invasion. hang out in their houses. He'd go in and just move things yeah. and just fuck with people that way. And even people that he never attacked, because when they do like neighbourhood sweeps after an attack, people would go, oh, yeah, I actually noticed that this door kept being open that I swore I closed and a few things were moved in my house, but I didn't report it or think anything of
1: it.
0: So he'd go around the neighbourhood and do that. So she swears she left these undies out, changed into a swimmers, never found those undies. I mean, how fucking creepy is that? So this SMH article says that in November 95, um, at the request of the police, she went to the pier at St. Helens and identified that man that she'd spoken about and he was on a fishing boat. So coroner Donald Jones made a special note about a fisherman in his inquest called Tony Kirkland. So the coroner says that Tony seemed to enjoy the notoriety of being a person of interest, kind of like that first yeah. guy stretch. Yeah. Um, at, in 1998 at age 35, so that would have made him like, really can't do maths. If Victoria was three years beforehand, oh, then he God. would have been 32 yeah. at the time of Victoria's murder. But in 98, he was 35, he had an interim restraining order taken out on him by a 17-year-old girl in Morris for his inappropriate interest in her. Okay, so he's doing this a lot. Yep, and he was apparently uncooperative during the inquest into Victoria's murder and he denies being the man who followed Hilda Jackson. And I couldn't, in that article, it didn't say that she pointed at him and it was Tony Kirkland, like when she identified the man on a fishing boat. Yeah. Then the next paragraph is about this tony kirkland who's a fisherman what's with all these typos so i'm kind of <laughs> guessing that yeah i'm guessing here I that, that so. that's the same guy um and interestingly enough some police believe that two people might have been responsible mm. because um she she was moved quite a distance 55 meters yeah body. you'd have to do um it might have been a two-person job and it was quite like there was quite a lot of injury. She had like 21 stab wounds and then obviously the beating as well. So they... Yeah,
1: it's like that would yeah. potentially need two people yes, to be Yes, one of able them thought
0: one person might have a knife and one might have the That's other object that, that they never found. To me. Yeah. Um, yeah, they just couldn't tell if she'd been dragged or carried because... They didn't say the evidence. <laughs> um, and then kind of like Cam was saying with the local and people knowing um, it's probably likely that police may have ruled out the killer because it's been covered up. So I went deep into a Reddit hole and I I found this comment by someone. I'm quoting here. I'll be careful, but for the sake of closure, unfortunately the person responsible has an alibi. So they're saying they know who it is that they have an alibi. Quoting again, it's a small town and said person stood out as a concern. This is notwithstanding more specific evidence that would have eventually come, came back to the same person at a later date. As far as I know, the Cafaso family have never been informed. It is yet another homicide where there is little concern for being caught, but not enough evidence to convict. There is, however, a certain dynamic at play. Parents can't protect you forever. This is a really badly worded comment, but basically what they're saying is people know who it is, the guy's been alibied by family, which police usually don't accept as a like
1: like a watertight. Well then, or are they saying that parents are covering it up, like they've got parents in high places? Maybe.
0: That's how I heard that. Maybe the police is a... The policeman is the dad or something. Well, this –
1: okay, no, I'm not going to end my theory yet. I'm going to wait till the <laughs> yeah, end. No, that's it. You,
0: that's it? Oh, yeah. my God, yay.
1: So can I tell you my theory? Yeah, tell me your okay. theory. I am so sass on this evidence botch up. Mm-hmm. I just think mm. with all of that, yeah. like, I un- I could understand, like, in that Somerton Man vibe of, like, we lost the suitcase in, like, a, over the years yes. of moving things. But, like, even, like – The most vaguest dead shit Mm -hmm. of a human being. Yeah. And I said dead shit as in someone that just doesn't (laughs) give a shit about caring about other people. Would still go, like, Yeah, "Mm, probably shouldn't move the body, probably shouldn't do this and that, and so on. Like the basics of of Like maybe they 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 wouldn't take molds, but they'd take photos and they would like video it and things like that. Like they were
0: being sloppy on purpose almost. That's what I mean. And then I'm
1: almost like is there a police connection mm. somewhere Yeah, because it's a small it local. town, yeah. it's local, you know.
0: Everyone knows everyone.
1: Has someone worked out, you know, I guess the only thing I can compare it to is the biggest theory around John JonBenet Ramsey, mm-hmm. which is that Burke killed her yep. accidentally. And then the parents. And the parents covered yeah. it up so their son didn't go to jail. So mm. it's like did mm-hmm. something happen yep. that was unintentional or a – spurt of rage or Mm -hmm. something by a kid in the town like not even a kid could be an adult
0: Mm. That's
1: just got parents also in the town and the parents have high connections they don't even need to be necessarily in the police but that was Mm. my personal theory it was like was that on purpose Mm.
0: well that kind of reminds me of a case i was listening to on my favorite murder which was a woman that was killed killed they think by her ex-husband Um, and no photos were taken and all of this stuff where it was like really sloppy police work and then it turned out the ex-husband was friends with all of the locals because it was a small town. He was friends with all those people and it was kind of like, like we were just saying before, there's almost no excuse to follow just the procedure. Yeah. Like even if you're from the smallest fucking town, when you go to police training, you will definitely be taught what to do with a crime scene, Yeah. the basic thing to run through. I don't care if you're in shock, whatever. Like, I'm sure people, things have happened around you've had to deal with crime scenes or death scenes. Yeah. Um, To just fail on so many levels, like all the levels that the coroner listed. Yeah. There were just so many things that that weren't done properly. It's too many. Yeah. Yeah, I think maybe. And then you've also got
1: the woman the few years before Mm -hmm. with the supposed hit and run. Yeah. It's that kind of thing of like, is this kind of not like the whole town obviously but is there like a bit of a Mm. power net in there and like the thing is it's a small town Mm. I know it's not completely remote but like it's remote enough in the sense that like it's not super super close to Launceston no yeah and stuff so it's like you know you do then have a bit of an in-town hierarchy and then that even kind of throws back to the whole griffith yes i was just
0: thinking about that you know of like i was shocked by how dark things were out in griffith yeah i think small country town well that's it but it's like it like
1: you know small country town doesn't Mm. necessarily mean good people all the time totally it's tons of good people out there but like Mm. not Enough necessary. Mm. Sorry, oh, that distracted me.
0: Hang yeah, on. someone jauntily whistling in the background <laughs> of a murder podcast.
1: <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, yeah, like it's just potentially that there are some dark forces mm. at work in the town. Yeah, especially
0: if it was, you know, more than one person it could have been this whole dark underbelly of just weird people that then had people covering their asses. Yeah. Parents can't protect you forever. God, I love that Reddit comment. I know. So hectic. Reddit is so good for that know, shit as well. It.
1: It's always like, like and you're like, are you bullshitting <laughs> or are you real? We don't know, but you're great for conspiracy I didn't even theories.
0: consult it until I got to the theories part and I was like, okay, Reddit, what do yeah. you got for me? <laughs> what do you got? Because I just I, know with these, sorry, these no, local no, you small town things. There's always stuff that isn't reported in your SMH, your new idea. Yes. There's stuff that's just people talk. Well, and they probably can't
1: report it because yeah, it's that just hearsay, wild things.
0: speculation which is what our podcast is all about. oh my about. god
1: but we get away with it because yeah. we're saying my theory is theory is. we're just I have chatting no factual basis for this theory <laughs> whatsoever i'm just going off what i think in my head Well, because the other thing i was going to say was your theory of mistaken identity mm. is i reckon super strong if there were like multiple people that thought victoria was, was
0: yeah why am i hilda call
1: her? i was gonna call her hilga i was like Hilger. helga and hilda and i was Hilger. like mix them together um, wilga you know Mm. Mm. Wilka. Connection. (laughs) Tenuous connection. (laughs) Um, You know like that Mm. would make a lot more sense because you know Mm. here's this person's been in town for a lot longer who had this weird creepy interaction with a man not that long before this happened Mm -hmm. versus a woman that just came to town. Yeah. You know and so much of that whole story sounds like a, a random attack yes. like it sounds like it wasn't necessarily like it was obviously planned to a degree mm. because it seems like the person was waiting for mm. you know waiting to prey on somebody but it doesn't necessarily feel like they were waiting for victoria
0: yeah yeah so maybe it was just completely random someone just wanted to kill someone i just find it so weird to just have the urge to kill someone you kill them then you never do it again well you don't do it again there. You know, just yeah. it just is so random.
1: I mean, I don't
0: know because I'm not a murderer, so I've never had the urge to kill well anyone. Well, neither.
1: But, like, there is that thing that they could have potentially done it there and then gone and done murders in mm. other places. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe they were on a little holiday in Tasmania yeah. and then just wanted to kill someone, yeah. which is definitely weirder than someone having a motive. Yes. But I also think that given that we are obsessed with true crime, it's not completely it's not random. high golden snake killer. Yeah. It's not like he was going around grabbing people because they had wronged him. Mm. He's literally doing it for the pleasure of it. it.
0: But he did it 12 times. That's what I mean. It was just once. But what I mean is like, was it once there? And
1: then the guy flew back to Sydney and Mm. something's happened in New South Wales somewhere and then, you know. We don't know. That's the fucked thing with serial killers is that like if they have – part of their sort of system is like the golden state killer of doing everything in the same state yeah sure or like you know ted bundy where it's like it happened within an area and then he moved but they you know what i mean like they
0: didn't link it but But even golden state killer is in different areas of california and they didn't link him for a while that's what i mean he was like three people for a while and there's still people that believe he isn't the killer
1: yeah, and they've
0: only—I think it was just I mean, di- It was just their DNA. He's the DNA. But there were people that were like, "He's—I on- think he's only been charged with two of the murders mm. of twelve, and he can't be charged with the rapes because yeah, um, what's it called?
1: The oh yeah, the statute of
0: limitation. Yeah, I was going to say.
1: I fell off my chair. So
0: yeah, it's just—it's a really interesting one well, because you know it just what feels it makes so grand
1: though.
0: Is the Beaumont. Yes. Kids Killer and... Wanda Beach. Wanda Beach. Well, I was just going to say, I had like a thought that I was just going to share, which is Australia, right? It's known for the beach. We're famous for the beaches. Yeah. People go there. It's the source of so many like happy childhood memories Mm -hmm. of going to the beach. But then when I was writing this one and my whole aquatic mystery thing, I was like, some fucking really dark shit happens on Australian beaches. Mm -hmm. Beaumont Kids, Wanda, Summerton Man, this. Yes. Happening like in that...
1: Harold Poor Hull. girl up in – That was the next thing I was going to say to you Yeah, that girl that we're talking about – sorry, we just Toya, like had a brain-tweet moment.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, to- yeah, Toya? Yeah, Toya. So I, I was travelling when that happened mm. and I remember you messaging so like, me being like, drive. where like, are you? And I yeah. was like, I'm just north of Cairns because mm. I was in Palm Cove. You're yeah, like, I'm is... fine. I'm
0: like, and God, you were like, oh, my God, literally Cairns. where it is. Yeah.
1: It li- <laughs> I drove past the crime scene, mm. not knowing that it was the yeah. crime scene. I just drove past because it was um, – that beach is – like as you go up from Cairns mm. to Palm Cove, which is only like an hour north or two hours north. It's like, you know, um, heaps of beautiful beaches mm. um, and the drive takes you along the edge of them. But like even that, mm. we've got 1995 yep. in Tassie. Mm-hmm. That is – as soon as you started telling me this story, I was like that is the same kind of fucking – yeah. Situation because there was no, they couldn't find a connection to her. Yeah, they couldn't find it a seemed reason. Seems so
0: random. I'm pretty sure she got stabbed. I think she may so. not. They have didn't been stabbed. release a lot of details no. about her. Actually, I mean they often hold things back so they can use it to yeah. get the guy. But similar I type think, of beach situation. She may have been assaulted. Yeah, whereas. Victoria wasn't. Wasn't, yeah. That but was the same kind of beach where it's like a beach and there's a few people there, but it's not Bondi. Yes. Like it's, there's not that many people yes. there and there's ways, like even Wanda Beach when you were telling that story and that is a way busier beach, but it was that kind of awful day and then the dunes, mm-hmm. it was just, you can't hear anything. Yeah. And it's just crazy to me because the beaches I grew up on are really like just those long flat yep. expanses, nowhere to really hide. yeah. Um, and they're really busy. So this could never happen.
1: I was saying, like, because I grew up at Bondi and then that yeah. is the same there. Like, it could yeah. happen
0: there. But, like, I grew up in Newcastle and the Lee Lee case happened in the Stockton sand dunes. Oh. So it's just a lot of, yeah, it's weird. It's like some of them are super busy safe places apart from when you go in the water and there's a rip or whatever but yeah. on the sand you'd like to think you're pretty safe but yeah. then all this fucking awful shit happens yeah and it's always like it
1: really fucks me up because like I said I think you've got your situations where you are cautious and mm. you that you're very vigilant and yep. you're sort of highly aware of your surroundings and you know like walking at night mm. or like walking through a park and all those sorts of things yep. and then you have your places where you just feel safe yep. and you should feel safe. I mean mm-hmm. you should feel safe everywhere to be honest. Yes. But like the your brain logically goes, right, I'm on a beach, it's mm. the middle of the day mm-hmm. or the morning, or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I just walked away from a bunch of people. Mm. They're still really fucking close to where I am. Mm. You know, it's quiet, but it's like nice solitude quiet. Like yeah, I cannot keep it quiet. You. Yeah. And I cannot tell you how many times on my trip mm. that I was in like, beaches or lakes or little – like, I'd gone on hikes and things where mm. I was completely alone and there was something so beautiful in that yeah. and it was so amazing to be able to do that. Yes. But also I could have totally gotten murdered. Yeah. And I would have been not expecting that mm. at all because I was just like, well, this is fine.
0: Like, mm. why would someone – Exactly. And that's what's so fucked about it. Like, yeah. you just victimise this woman who was just minding her own business. Yeah. That's awful. But – um. It's very famous. Yeah, wild. Tassies will know it. And it's a really beautiful little spot. And, like, looking into this was sad because I've been there. It's tiny, tiny. And then the nearby town of St. Helens is really nice. I've been yeah. there a couple of times and it's really cute. And I'm like, Mum, I like this one. It's got yeah. a doctor's surgery. It's got yeah. It has got. wasn't you can't live in Beaumaris because it's dodgy. It was just yeah. there's nothing there, like yeah. no infrastructure at all for someone to kind of live by themselves but now I'm like "Mummy, you're definitely not living there
1: now you can never live here but yeah
0: um that was a
1: good one yeah I mean you know a bad one but terrible
0: fascinating interesting yeah but anyway that's it bye bye